Hey guys, it's me, Bish. Welcome to Get Life Podcast, and we're doing yet another review roundup. And guess what? It's hack and slash based this time. I think a lot of the uh, review roundups recently are going to be hack and slash based. So today, in our review roundup, we're going to be talking about Legend of Zelda uh, Age of Calamity for the Nintendo Switch. We're also going to be talking about Neptunia Virtual Stars or uh, Neptunia VV, as it's known in Japan. And we're going to be talking about Sakura Wars. Before we get into this episode, I want to thank our sponsors JList, Japan Crate, and Crunchyroll. In addition to that, I want to thank the publishers and the developers for sending us these games. A big thanks to Nintendo, big thanks to Sega, and big thanks to Idea Factory and Reef Entertainment. Thank you for providing the codes for this review roundup. So let's just jump into it with Legend of Zelda Age of Calamity. We've got to start off strong. I know this might be a little bit late, but I decided to give this game as much time as I can before reviewing it for a review roundup. Also, I've written it on the website so you can read this if you'd like it. So let's get started on this review of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity for the Nintendo Switch. And you know what? I'm sorry to weeb out here, but I'm going to say it. Subarashi! Subarashi, right? Amazing. Sugoi. The game is just amazing. I had trouble expressing how great this game is because I was dumbfounded initially playing Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Not because I'm a huge fan of The Legend of Zelda, but because I'm a fan of the Musou series in general. Before this game, I think my first Legend of Zelda game was Breath of the Wild or the original Hyrule Warriors game. Never played any sort of Zelda games before that because I never really had any Nintendo consoles until recently. I feel as though Zelda Musou, aka Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, or Hyrule Warriors AOC, is a true love letter to the fans of both Musou and Legend of Zelda games. And it's hard to explain, but Subarashi is the right word to use to describe this game. It's excellent, bringing the best aspects of the Musos of old, combining it with this beloved game series. It's shocking to see that Koei Tecmo has distilled the essence of Musou while retaining the Legend of Zelda flair. Age of Calamity is a prequel to Breath of the Wild, which is set a century before the events of Breath of the Wild, meaning you also get to experience the story of the champions before they were killed by Calamity Ganon. You also get to play as them, which is really cool. Each has their own unique movesets and weaponry tailored to their characters and also their personalities set out previously in Breath of the Wild. Before we discuss the gameplay itself, I must mention that the music in this game is breathtaking at all times. It's eerily beautiful. I'm specifically referencing the track that plays in between battles on the world map. The emotion present in that one track. When I heard it the first time, I just started crying. I couldn't help myself. It made me remember the champions from Breath of the Wild and the fact that they didn't make it, the fact that they didn't survive. For fans of previous Hyrule Warriors games, it's good to mention that the music is more orchestral to match the theme of Breath of the Wild. So no Dynasty Warriors style heavy metal or guitar riffs. Some tracks are sampled from Breath of the Wild, but you'd be happy to know that a lot of it is also original. In addition to that, sound effects are being used from Breath of the Wild as well. That's not the only thing coming from Breath of the Wild. The game's UI and a lot of its assets and textures are from the previous Zelda game, as you can imagine, but it just works. 
I was worried about how crafting systems and cooking systems wouldn't work in a Musou game. And yes, it's because of the nature of the game. And yes, because of the nature of the game, you, you can no longer throw random food items into a pot and cook a meal. But food is still an integral part of Age of Calamity. You need it to regain health. Unlike Musou games of old, the stage isn't littered with floating dim sum whenever you KO an enemy or break a pot. Instead, you can cook between battles on the world map or find food items in chests during battle. And I love this system because you don't need to rely on what is in the battlefield. You can prepare for an upcoming battle by creating items and food that may give you a boost or restore health on demand. This is unlike anything I've personally seen in a Musou game up until now. In battle, the game is a lot more complex using different button combinations to activate special abilities quickly. Abilities that return from Breath of the Wild such as Priontis, I can't pronounce that properly but you know what I'm talking about when you freeze the enemies, remote bombs, however these abilities have been adapted to fit a hack and slash gameplay style. For example, the freezing ability allows the player to summon a pillar of ice from which you can jump off and deploy your glider and perform an aerial attack. If an enemy is in a body of water, you can use it to free the enemy and attack. As a fan of the Warriors games, I found it odd that you were never able to jump in Hyrule Warriors as the B button is being used for dodge and dashing. However, with Cryo, you can perform a wall jump and attack. So that kind of helps a little bit. Abilities differ slightly depending on which character uses them. For example, when using Magnesis, Link can use magnetic energy to pull magnetic objects like in Breath of the Wild. However, if you're using Impa, you summon a huge sword made out of scrap metal objects on the map to perform a heavy attack. Further, adding another layer of strategy in a game that doesn't usually demand strategic gameplay. Talking about hack and slash there. Battle in Age of Calamity at its core is like the first Hyrule Warriors game, using special abilities to break an enemy's guard, then pressing X to perform a finishing move. But certainly gameplay mechanics are modified from Breath of the Wild, such as destructible environments to gather resources or the parry system in fact. There is no weapon changing mid battle like in Breath of the Wild. The game opts for a character switching system akin to the original Hyrule Warriors and other Musou spin-off games. Honestly, I do prefer it. I wasn't a fan of weapons breaking mid battle in Breath of the Wild and the character switching is pretty seamless. It's not jarring compared to the original Hyrule Warriors. The movesets in this game are pretty simple to pull off as you might think, but they're incredibly flashy and mind blowing. Yes, a lot of it may have been inspired by Dynasty Warriors characters such as Zhao Yun, Zuo Ji, but nevertheless, it is fantastic. Impa specifically is one of my favorite characters to play as because her moveset is just amazing. The ability to summon doubles of the playable character has always been attractive to me in games like Samurai Warriors and in Dynasty Warriors. That's why I love playing as characters like Cao Cao or Hattori Hanzo in those games. I've also noticed that Link has a shield surf attack. Although from Breath of the Wild, this may be an indirect reference to Sumo Zhao because the button combination to do that attack is exactly the same. In my opinion, it's all very theatrical, and to be honest, that is the Musou energy that we've been lacking in Breath of the Wild's combat. Compared to the previous Hyrule Warriors, they may seem to be a shortage in characters, although you do unlock more as you go along, but I must say, whatever this game lacks in quantity, it sure makes four in quality. Each moveset has been created from the ground up, using the champion's unique abilities at its core, making them more meaningful in that gameplay loop. 
Many of these abilities have been mentioned and referenced in Breath of the Wild, so seeing them in action only adds to these wonderful characters' personalities of the champion. In addition to that, there are a decent number of characters whom you can play as, including Hetsu. Surprisingly, Hetsu is fully voiced along with the rest of the cast of characters. Don't get me wrong, it is a bit odd playing as Hetsu, but summoning Koroks and having them drop rocks from above really put a smile on my face and it is a welcome addition. The map is incredibly interesting. The only other Musou game that I've seen it in is Warriors All-Stars. So you can select missions from the map as well as side quests which can help expand your moveset, unlock uh, additional heart containers, procure some new weapons, materials, costumes, and if you are one to get straight into the action and experience a story, you can choose to view story missions as chapters in the list. I don't see why you'd want to do that because the side quests are pretty beneficial, especially later on in the game. Side missions can be a bit boring later on only because you need to rely on them to get combos in battle. It can be a bit repetitive. However, later on in the game, after meeting all the champions, you gain access to some truly fun and challenging side missions. There are missions in which you can pilot for one of the four divine beasts, making you feel like a god while you're defeating myriads of Bokoblins and missions that do challenge your skill as a warrior. One that stood out to me was defeating 40 enemies whilst instant death was turned on. It sounds very easy, but you are one Bokoblin club away from regretting all the choices that led you to choose that mission. The game's story is incredibly heartfelt and truly a sight to behold. However, due to the poor lighting effects and low resolution textures, the immersion is broken at times. Luckily, I've only noticed textures during pre-rendered cutscenes. During core gameplay, it isn't noticeable. Although there are occasional frame rate dips, especially on stages like Hyrule Fields, in which more objects are appearing on the screen, such as individual blades of grass, trees, and other destructible objects. In my previous reviews, especially Musou reviews, I mentioned that the small changes are often the most impactful. And I still stand by that because to me, not only do I see and experience an amazing game, but I'm also looking at it in terms of what is added what this game is adding to the genre of Musou. Because of these crossovers, we're seeing more people being introduced to hack and slash genre and Musou game. And I'm incredibly optimistic to see how Koei Tecmo, Omega Force, Team Ninja, how are they going to use what they've learned here in future mainline Musou, whether that is Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors or Warriors Orochi games. I know I keep on saying this a lot, especially with Koei games, but I think with this game, Koei has out done themselves and at the moment at the moment until samurai warriors 5 comes out we'll have to see how that game is but at the moment this has been my favorite muso game of all time it made muso exciting again it brought a lot of new things to the table while keeping the legacy of previous Musou games alive. So just as a summary, I love this game because it has a heartfelt story, beautiful character designs, easy to pick up and play, especially for newcomers. Those people that are coming from Breath of the Wild into Musou for the first time. And it has some really welcoming changes to the Musou formula and a beautiful soundtrack. I will say this, that it does have its occasional frame rate dipping and poor upscaled textures especially when you're playing it in docked mode it's not really that noticeable in handheld but if you're playing in docked you will notice these odd textures every once in a while so i just want to thank nintendo this is actually the first time nintendo gave us a review code so thank you nintendo for providing us with a copy of this game really do appreciate it and you can play this game on the nintendo switch right now whether you want to go on the eShop or go to your local retailer and pick up Game. I think it's a, a time for a little bit of an ad break but when we return we're going to be talking about 
Sakura Wars. So we'll see you on the flip side. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service. That means anime without ads, 1080p HD. You can watch it on all your favorite devices, your TVs, your phones, whatever. Even if you want to watch it on your Chromecast, you can as well. That's amazing. Go and check them out. 14-day free trial. You've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet. So go and check them out. It's a no-brainer, lads. Getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Thank you, Crunchyroll, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. And if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates, go and check out our YouTube channels. Links will be in the description. So go and check them out. Thank you, Japan Crate, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And we are back. We're going to be talking about Sakura Wars. But before we do that, um, thank you for listening to that ad break. It really does support the show. And if you didn't listen to the ad break, thank you for supporting us on Apple Podcasts with your monthly subscription. It really does help the show. So thank you very much. Now let's get into Sakura Wars. Wow. Just wow. That's how I'm going to start off this review. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know anything about the Sakura Wars games before playing this one. I believe it's considered a soft reboot of the franchise. And once again, wow, just wow. I'm at a loss for words trying to describe why I love this game so much. Just so you guys know, Sakura Wars is the sixth mainline installment of the popular game series Sakura Wars in Japan. The franchise itself had garnered many adaptations in other forms of media such as anime, manga and even light novels. And the reason why I've probably never heard of it is because this is the second game in the franchise to get a western release. The first being Sakura Wars So Long My Love on the PlayStation 2 and the Wii in 2010. Looking at previous entries in the series, it is clear that this soft reboot is a new take on the beloved franchise. Visual novel elements have always been a core part of Sakura Wars and it returns in this game. However, the turn-based battle system has been replaced with hack and slash gameplay, similar to games like Dynasty Warriors Gundam or, you know, something like Ninja Gaiden. For fans of the original series, you might not like this, but Hack and Slash, as you guys know, is my bread and butter. So I'm happy to see this style of game evolve and thrive like this. And I hope Sega continues with this badass gameplay style in future Sakura Wars games. And to be honest with you, I hope we get more Sakura War games. It's worth noting that the reboot has a lot of references to previous titles, but you would be happy to know that you don't need any prior knowledge on the series to fully appreciate this game and its story. It's just nice to know that the victory pose tradition was taken from the original, as well as references to past characters like Sakura's Shinguji. I don't think many Western fans will appreciate these little nods to previous games unless they've played the previous 
previous games and are really hardcore fans that they went out and they imported the games or have seen the animations. Honestly, I didn't have high hopes for this game when I originally played it and I was blown away by the scenery in the first scene at the station. The textures gleamed and shimmered in the sunlight. I was captivated by it. I spent a good five minutes staring at the floor in amazement just because of the reflections. Never has a game made me do that and I don't think another game in this particular generation and by that I mean any other game released on the PlayStation 4 will make me do that. The character models are bloody fantastic however at times due to lighting glitches it feels that the characters look like they're made out of plasticine. The anime 3D art style is great and thanks to amazing rendering in Sega's Hedgehog Engine 2, the same engine used in Project Diva Megamix, the character design in this game is amazing. With the main cast of characters designed by Tite Kubo, the mangaka for Bleach, and additional characters being designed by the famous character designers who worked on titles such as Persona, Kaon, Sword Art Online, and many more. From playing this game, it's clear that Sega pulled out all the stops. They worked with the best animators, producers, composers even in the business. Studio Sanjigen animated the CG scenes beautifully, which doesn't surprise me considering they also worked on Bandori, Fire Emblem Three Houses, as well as a lot of other games and anime. And the music also was mind-blowing. It reminds me of games like Kesen. Good music, and I say this all the time, good music makes a difference in a game with a lot of dialogue and visual novel elements. The music helps to amplify emotions and their reactions that certain characters have in response to your choices. Speaking about that, it's time to mention LIPS, otherwise known as LIPS, otherwise known as Live Interactive Picture System. It's a feature that is returning from previous games where characters have several dialogue choices to choose from within a set period. Your choices will affect your relationship with the characters and how well they perform in battle. It took me a while to truly understand the system and what type of responses each character prefers. For example, I find Azami to be more sundere and I can only seem to deepen my bonds with her by making ninja references because she is from a ninja family, right? The lip system encourages you to learn more about each character and actually make genuine connections with them. But that's just the visual novel bits. What about the battle visuals? And to be honest, with you they don't disappoint at all never in my life have i've seen a hack and slash game with this much detail in its character models to the point where you can see the bolts individually model and it's not just a texture map <laughs> that's the thing that amazes me they went in and they actually designed the bolts that would fit onto you know your mechs it's not a texture map on top of that the game has mostly 3d cutscenes within the mechs and also without plus unique animations for special attacks which added to the whole theatrical nature of the game. The gameplay is truly unique in Sakura Wars. I understand hack and slash isn't for everyone's taste. This game is by far the best implementation of this gameplay style that I've seen in a long time. There wasn't a time in which I felt that the gameplay was getting repetitive. And yes, you do th move through the map linearly, unlike Dynasty Warriors Gunner. With that restriction in place, Sega were forced to design interesting ways around it. They overcame linear map designs with basic parkour and puzzle elements, something we haven't seen in games like this until now. Sakura Wars takes the best from Musou games and hack and slash games and makes it work. No frills, just Musou at its essence. I imagine that games like Musou Orochi and Shin Gundam Musou were inspirations clearly to the action style gameplay seen in Sakura Wars. I didn't feel bored at all while participating in battles. In fact, I wanted to get to the battle segments as quickly as possible. Each character has a unique moveset and weapons, and you could use one character throughout the whole battle if you'd like to. However, you may find it 
it to be a bit of a challenge. This is because each character has their own sets of strengths and weaknesses, meaning some enemies might be easier to defeat with your secondary character. The game is structured all in all like a soap opera or an anime in the sense that each chapter ends and starts with a summary of what's to come. Kind of like next time on Dragon Ball Z, kind of like that. You know, you get a summary and you get the, the preview for the next chapter, even though it's a game. In between the main points in the stories, you're given an intermission in case you wanted to save or check your progress of your bonds. And it's rather fitting considering that this game focuses on the idea of theater. At times I found it a bit annoying because I was removed from the immersion I was getting from the visual novel elements, although maybe that is the point. Also, there are times in which I just wanted to replay missions, although it does take a few hours to unlock battle training missions, I must say. That was one thing that did annoy me. However, I'm going to be honest with you. This is one of my favorite games of all time. Dare I say, it is probably one of my favorite hack and slash games of all time because of its mix of genres, visual novel, hack and slash, dating simulator. It's all very refreshing, especially in a time when a lot of games now follow the same formula. So for me, when I originally played this game in 2020 during lockdown, this game is and was a fantastic palette cleanser. And you know what? Count me in. I'm going to be excited for the next time Sega announces a new Sakura Wars game. I originally wrote this as a review. I never actually posted it on the website and I actually gave it a 10 out of 10 because love the hack and slash gameplay, a lot of replay value, awesome music, meaningful storylines, stunning detailed visuals, beautiful new rendering engine. So yeah, I love Sakura Wars. You can actually get it on the PlayStation 4 right now. I really want to thank Sega for providing me with the opportunity to play this game and write this review. I genuinely enjoyed it and thank you very much Sega for giving me the opportunity. Once again, we've got to go for a little bit of an ad, but we will see you after the advertisement with our final segment on Review Roundup today, where we are going to be talking about Neptunia VV, aka Neptunia Virtual Stars. So, see you after the ad break. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at JList. JList brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly. Whether that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels, JList has got you covered. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. And remember to use our link and the code GALP for 5% off on all purchases on JList. That's including pre-orders. Remember, getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thank you very much, JList for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the podcast. You're like, oh my God, Bish, what are you talking about? Well, basically we started off a Patreon page and a coffee page. So go to patreon.com forward slash get life podcast and pledge five pounds a month, not including the 18. You get early access on all of our Galp content. That's Kunai, Galp and Umai. Although we won't be able to do it for review roundups because of embargoes and stuff. And also you get ad free content on all the episodes. So if you're listening to this obviously you're not subscribed on patreon please do and if you're thinking oh well bish i really want to support the podcast but i can't you know do monthly payments or whatever then maybe consider supporting us on coffee as well so that is ko-fi.com forward slash get a live podcast and consider giving us a tip buying us a coffee if you will and 
hopefully that will help us to grow the podcast it will help us to do this full-time because ultimately that's really what we want to do i'm being honest with you guys when you support us directly through patreon or coffee it really does help us out a lot and i do appreciate it so thank you hopefully you might consider that is patreon.com forward slash get life podcast or ko-fi.com forward slash get life podcast thank you and back onto the episode We are on our last segment for the review roundup today, which is Neptunia VV, aka Neptunia Virtual Stars, which is a very interesting game, to be honest with you. For those that don't know, Neptunia Virtual Stars, also known as Neptunia VV, it's an action RPG, aka Hack and Slash, that was created for the 10th anniversary of the Neptunia series. I did not know this, but the Neptunia series is as old as, G- well, damn, no, it's not as old as Galp. Galp is older than Neptunia, I did not know that, by a year. It basically follows the characters as virtual idols. I think they've done that sort of idea before but they team up with vtubers that they made specifically for the game to save the planet invaders and stuff like that i don't really want to get into the story the story just seems a bit odd to me obviously i've never played nep games before so i don't know if this is how the story tends to be but it actually consists of a lot of guest stars in terms of virtual youtubers and stuff you know and vtubers sorry from hololive game club project up D8 Revedal. I don't know how to pronounce all these VTuber names. The only VTubers companies that I know is like Hololive. Uh, <laughs> v Shoujo. And there is no V Shoujo characters in this game, which makes sense because this game doesn't have an English dub. But also at the same time, it focuses on, on the Japanese VTubers. And it was a game that was released before the foundation of V Shoujo. Obviously, these V Shoujo characters existed way before, but this game released in 6th of August in Japan and it released in March in the UK and Europe. It's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie to you. I really did enjoy the game. It was quite interesting to see because from what I know, the NEP games don't follow this sort of gameplay style before. So we'll have a little talk about the battle system and the gameplay mechanics. So basically, it's a mix between third-person shooter. I don't want to say something like Gears of War, but that's the only third-person shooter I can think of. So it's a mix between third-person shooter, hack and slash, but you can switch between the two depending on your play style. And I think sometimes certain enemies would have you rather fight in hack and slash or in the shooter game style i do feel although that the game wants you to play more as the goddesses so the neptunia characters just because they're a lot funner to play as the hack and slash combat in my opinion tends to be quite slow in my honest opinion i'm not used to that sort of stuff i'm used to stuff like onichambara and you know bayonetta and dynasty warriors games that are quite fast paced so when i'm playing as me and you the vtuber characters that they give you at the beginning they are incredibly slow and clunky especially the one with the bow i believe her name is you i don't use her at all so it tends to be using me sorry i know it gets really confusing because they named the characters in such a weird way me and you and this and that yeah but it is quite interesting because you can use things called v skills and they can defeat enemies with a huge amount of damage and they can be combined with regular attacks and stuff like that and i i do enjoy that so there's different mechanics that makes the battle a lot quicker 
like for example with the goddesses you could press a button and it basically allows you to evade so you press the evade button it lets you boost and you sort of skate around the map and i personally use it not just for evading i mean if you double tap the evade button it lets you evade quickly but if you just press it once you skate around the map and it lets you travel the map in a very quick way and i haven't necessarily seen that in a hack and slash since games made by tamsoft i'm trying to remember what game it was now but it was fate extella link since fate extella link i haven't seen map design so interesting like that and the fact that you know you could quickly move between parts of the map yes the maps are quite simple they they kind of remind me of like rpgs like Star and, and stuff like that although Christ stars hack and slash mechanic or action rpg mechanics were a lot quicker and a lot more fun so when i am playing this game i don't necessarily play as the vtubers i tend to play as the goddesses mainly nep and noir the weapons that they use are kind of akin to classes in like call of duty like for example nep is like your I would say assault rifle and then you got uh, noir with a submachine gun basically vert has a sniper rifle and then you have blanc which is your grenade launcher i don't play as blanc at all just because i find blanc a bit annoying not as a character but just as using the um the gun and stuff i think that's not necessarily the best it's usually nep or i play as vert just because vert can do a lot of damage with the sniper especially it helps with with bosses and things like that and then you also have a couple of other systems which i think do really well in this game so you have the gas system so you basically you can equip vtubers and you find them in boxes and stuff it's basically these <laughs> i hate saying it it's like a gacha box that you find in the game or like you know those random boxes in, in mario kart you go near one and you get something at random although i mean it's not necessarily at random it's kind of works like a slot machine you just press x and it goes quite slowly so you can basically pull uh new vtubers uh, items and stuff a currency and stuff like that which is pretty cool and you can like equip these vtubers that kind of help you but they also do guest attacks as well i thought that was quite interesting but they were quite useless i really want to play as these vtubers i really want to play as korone i don't want korone chan as you know my navigator kind of like risei kujikawa in persona i don't want that i want to actually play as the vtubers and that's why i waited a bit for this review because initially you couldn't play as these vtubers but now they've released dlc where you can play as you know a lot of hololive youtubers but also some independent ones and kizuna i who is the virtual youtuber and one of my personal favorites i haven't played as kizuna yet i haven't downloaded the dlc but i think the fact that it's there is pretty cool for those fans but i understand why they've done it and in a way it, i feel like i've been cheated out of because i i wanted to play as the youtubers initially not as the ones that they created specifically for this game speaking of youtubers the game has this lovely thing where when there is a loading screen it shows you a video of the vtubers and you can skip it once the game is finished loading but i never skip i thought that was very interesting because i don't really see interactive loading screens in games other than namco games uh, i remember like those older dragon ball z games in which you had these little mini games that you'd be doing while the main game loaded and this obviously isn't a mini game thing but it's just a video that plays and if you watch it you get this little stamp that says you've watched the video but i always watch it because i want to learn more about these vtubers and see their personalities and a lot of the time i actually end up watching these vtubers a lot of them are quite obscure don't get me wrong like there's a vtuber that's a character from fifths of the north star i don't even know how
how that's legal how they got the rights for that to put that in the game i genuinely don't know but there are some really interesting ones i saw the corona one i didn't really like it but it was interesting to be honest with you because i find that there are certain vtubers like the ones that the big ones that you know like corona chan and peko like they're not really good actors i mean they're good at their craft but they're not really good at making like scripted content i would say kizna i is don't get me wrong but corona isn't and i don't think that's her strong suit and you can tell it in this game i'm not critiquing that because it's you know she's basically being paid as an actor for the game speaking of actors and stuff like that like you go into the game as well and you can see in the main sort of city hub of the game where you can upgrade your weapons buy items buy new vtubers and stuff like that to assist you there is a little tv well there's a screen that you can go up to and just watch these vtubers and their shenanigans that they made specifically for the game and most of the time they're like cgs because obviously when you see vtubers they're they're either live 2d models or you know they're properly rigged and stuff but this is basically a cg that they made for the game featuring them and then obviously they they dub over it I, i'm presuming they are quite entertaining and you can switch through them and watch them like it's a tv which i thought that was pretty cool there is a lot of other things in the game where there's like emotional overdrive where it's basically an attack that's uh, activated where the um, emote gauge is filled to the max and allows you to pulverize enemies with special attacks it's basically kind of like muso rage in a way if it's completely filled you can activate a roulette that can reward you with an item yeah i don't really use it that much you tend to use it more so in boss battles there's also a dance system in the game where you can play a rhythm game to get high score and increase your rank and you can record the dance videos i really don't know what else to say about this game like genuinely it's quite odd okay there there are some features in the japanese version that aren't present in the english version of the game which is the uh, video battler but i'm not going to get into it just because i've been looking at it and it seems a bit complex but i've been really getting into nep and i know this doesn't really make sense for a review roundup if you like hack and slash maybe this isn't the game for you because the hack and slash mechanics are very basic very poor in my personal opinion i didn't really enjoy this game as a hack slash i enjoyed it more as a shooter and i think all the marketing materials sort of pointed it towards the hack and slash but it didn't feel as that i do know that there is another nep hack and slash game coming out which is the senran kagura crossover and that looks like a proper hack and slash game so i'm pretty excited for that but this game is a pretty solid shooter there's a lot of references to pop culture to anime there's a lot of references to the internet and vtubers as well so if you're really into vtubing if you are a vtuber as well maybe play this game on stream i think that'd be pretty cool pretty meta as well if you like vtubers if you like shooters if you like nep and the neptunia games in general then you'd really like this game for me this was a good introduction to the neptunia sort of franchise and i'm pretty excited to in the future play more games i'm pretty excited for that hack and slash game that's coming up the senran kagura one if we're ever going to get a western release even if we don't best know that i'm going to import a japanese version and we will do a review roundup on that or we can even do a full discussion gap episode on that but that being said i think play this game give it a chance maybe get it in sale so then you can buy all the dlc with it if you really wanted to buy a kizuna eye and the rest of the vtubers in this game the story is so long and so convoluted i didn't want to get into it in the review roundup and i was thinking about doing a more in-depth discussion on the podcast dedicating an episode to nep as a game franchise because it's all pretty new to me but at the same time doing a specific episode covering nep and also covering vv as well with a vtuber so if you want that tell me i've already got a vtuber lined up 
it's Saya. Everyone, you're like, oh my god, bitch, what? Why is it Saya? You could have got like a whole like, no. We're hopefully gonna get Saya on to talk about this game as well because he is a VTuber and I want to know is it an accurate portrayal of VTubers? And we'll have a little bit of a discussion around this game as well as VTubing in general. So I hope you enjoyed this review roundup. Once again, I want to thank everyone for providing us codes. I'll see you next time.